Hey guys, welcome to another episode of True Crimes and Weird Times. I'm Ashley. And I'm Kim. And today I'm going to go into part two of our possibly three-part death series. I'm asking Kim like she knows. I don't know. Uh, What are you writing? I mean, (laughs) here we go. of our death episode four weeks ago two six three you know the one (laughs) (laughs) uh i told you all about the icky parts of death and you know what happens to the body and all that gross stuff and it was gross it was gross go back and listen to it if you haven't fortunately for all of us i'm going to be going over something a little bit lighter and cover some ways that we handle death okay so uh let's just dive right into the beginning of the end haha <laughs> but i'm how do we handle death when it happens and when i say we i mean a collective we everyone for family and friends of death how do they mourn how do they celebrate so let's just start right here at home in america because i can give you a pretty good idea <laughs> since yeah. i live here Now, not everywhere and not everyone, but a vast majority of Western society views death as taboo. Uh, It's often ignored. Like, we know it happens, Mm -hmm. but it's like we we don't talk about it. Yeah, it's Bruno. It's (laughs) Bruno. Sorry, guys. I can't. My child only lets me watch Encanto anymore. It's my whole life. We literally sang it in the bloopers, guys. Yeah. Now, it's not talked about. And when we do talk about it, it's... You know, they passed away. They passed on. They're in a better place. Like we don't. They're no say, longer with they're us. They're no longer with us. We don't actually say the words. They died. Not they're often, dead. unless we have no connection to the person. That's true. Most yes. of the time. Yes. I mean, yeah. It's usually when it's someone we know, and and it's a lot of times so that we don't offend somebody. Mm-hmm. Died, dead, death seems harsher. Harsher. Final, I guess, which, I mean, I know it is, but you know what I mean. But that's true. Even if we don't know them, if we're talking about someone someone else knows, then we tend to say, oh, did they pass away? Yeah. Or, you yeah. Know, we don't actually say, oh, they we died. We try out. not to say died. Right. Also, a lot of us, we don't plan for our deaths as if we're just going to live forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that people, it's a common thing to do wills and live in testaments and stuff, but like, we don't really plan for it. We don't go buy our funeral plots because I've heard plenty of people say, uh, that's weird. I'm not doing that. Or I've heard of people where they were gifted a funeral plot and they're like, ew, why? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, and now that I'm older, I don't know, that kind of sounds nice. So if you'd like to gift us a funeral plot. Do you know how expensive it is to be buried here? <sighs> no <laughs> kidding. It's crazy. Yeah. If you don't have like at least 50 grand in life insurance, then you're just going to get it. like thrown in a ditch because yeah. that's all you can afford. You know what? That's fine. I'll take it. We also work hard at advancing medical science to continue life, to further life. Uh, we seem to have this fear or anxiety of dying. As most uh, people probably do. Right. Like, I mean, you don't really hear people come into terms with death until they're there, mm-hmm. until they're getting ready to. Yeah. And we're always constantly working to improve science, uh, medical science, to keep us alive, to keep us healthy, to keep us running. I don't know. My check engine lot's been on for years, though. Yeah. So, 
And in our ever-moving way of love, uh, we tend to not have time to mourn. That's also true. Uh, it, it really leaves a just a little time to to, to let someone grieve and get over a death of a loved one uh think about it you only have maybe three days at most with an employer for oh, bereavement yeah. and that's like like it has to be a direct relative oh yeah anybody other than like parents sibling spouse child yeah and you're that's it right and you have maybe three days i've seen less and there's always just so much going on and it doesn't allow the person to take time to grieve or at the very least, it gives the griever so much to do that, you know, it keeps their minds off of it. Sometimes. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Keeping busy. But, I mean, a lot of cultures allow that time for grieving, for mourning. We tend to not want to do that. Also, grieving or mourning for long periods of times is sometimes looked down on. Like, it's not unusual for someone to have to take time to grieve i mean but some people will push down that sadness they won't talk about it they'll keep busy some folks see someone who's still mourning and we're like oh they're still not over that yet right or, it's like there's this certain guideline like if it's been a more than a month people are starting to side eye you like um you know that's been a while now yeah like, you can kind of get over it you know mm-hmm. um or you just don't want to bother anyone else about it if you're the one grieving mm-hmm like, it's your pain. You're, you don't want to bother anybody else. I mean, what could they do for you anyway, really? <laughs> exactly. This isn't always the case. In parts of this country, communities will come together to honor the dead. And they'll even make their funeral a celebration of their lives rather than... Mourning. Mourning. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, in New Orleans, they actually carry out parades for their dead. You know, they're like carrying the coffin through the street and stuff even. Dancing. Mm-hmm. And I know in the South, from personal experience... Many will attend funerals and wakes at the home, usually not with the body. Right. The body's at the funeral home. Uh, But they'll come and be with the family. They'll bring food. They'll ask them if they need anything. Oh, yeah. Especially here in the South, (laughs) there is no funerals without massive amounts of food and casseroles. Yeah. Like, you don't come to a funeral home without food. That's going to, you bring You the bring food. food. Yeah. And even now, like, I love how it's modernized now and you can um, go online and make them a plate. Like, sign up to make plates and stuff for them now. What? Yeah. I can't remember the name of the website. There's a, there's a website and it, they do it with women who've just given birth to. Oh. But you sign up to, like, make them food and just bring it on that day. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's super modernized now. That's cool. (laughs) I mean, and let's not forget, it wasn't that long ago that the Victorian era had that fascination with death. This fascination began around the 1850s, right around the Civil War era. Maybe because there was so much death surrounding that time, because of the Civil War, I mean. I mean, there was a lot of death. (sighs) Yeah. and, And maybe not just the Civil War. Like, it was just really typical for people to die. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just kind of a common thing. I mean, a lot of a lot of remedies at the time for illnesses and stuff were just insane anyway. <laughs> like Yeah, good luck living in like dead man's blood for seizures. Like that's something that people used to do. They used to Blah. wait at the hangman's like oh, scaffolding and yeah. after they would behead them or hang them, they would like line up with these vials and collect the fresh blood from the dead body. Yikes. So they could drink it to cure their epilepsy. Mm. Don't think it worked. 
I don't think it was. But it it was very, very common, apparently. And, you know, back in those times, families were more tight-knit. And when a death occurred, it would touch every member of the family. Yeah, uh, because I it mean, wouldn't be, you know, my aunt that lives two states away. It was, yeah, we live in the same house together. Right. And while showing emotion during this time in public was still seen as something taboo, like mourning the dead was seen as like this grandiose act. You had to put on a show about it. You had to put on a show about it. There were rules about it. Like women dressed differently for mourning. They even wore different colors of black depending on whose death it was. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. And they had to wear it for certain periods of time depending on whose death it was mm-hmm. uh death portraiture and mourning photos were created you know the ones where you say oh you see how still they are in this picture oh, that's because they're dead those mm-hmm. pictures uh they were really popular at the time they used that to memorialize it because usually pictures all the time weren't a thing right so they those were the only pictures they had of them mm-hmm. mirrors would be covered during mourning that's because they were viewed as a looking glass and some were afraid that the spirit of the deceased would actually become trapped in the mirror. But it was still something that you had to do. Uh, Whether you really believed it or not, you yeah. still had to do well, it. I was going to say, it, you're going to have uh, the funeral likely in the home. Mm-hmm. So all these people are going to see it too. So if someone's superstitious, like you had to do it. Yeah. Uh, and that's another thing. They, they prepared the home for the funeral. Uh, the body would actually be displayed in the parlor and sometimes even placed in bed as if they were just sleeping Ooh, yeah which seems really odd because you know the body would be there i'm sure for a couple of days oh yeah mm. and you just walk by and like uncle albert's like laying in the bed i don't know that's really it's really weird to me <laughs> yeah but then maybe it's just could be because of the way we do things exactly. i mean exactly someone dies here and they're like whisked away right. we don't see the body again except for just a couple of hours during the funeral if that and so like dead bodies are out of sight out of out of mind for us yeah we don't we don't have to see them so but to them it would have been more normal that's true that's very true and i'm i'm sure there was plenty of death so yeah i mean it was just normalized they were desensitized to it and there's Uncle Albert. Look, he looks like he's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And of course, it wasn't long after that that spiritualism began to sprout up and was becoming a big thing. And it tempted those who lost a loved one to maybe reconnect with them again from the great beyond. Of course, morning portraiture started to shift into something called spirit photography. And don't worry, we'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, and don't forget, you know, uh, Ouija boards seances uh gatherings at a table with a medium to speak to the dead even those stories of families who would showcase their their dead relatives in glass cases for years i mean they just had a really different view of death than we do now and, and i mean we still kind of do that like at museums we have mummies on display that's true. We, have, we have literal dead bodies on display in museums but see you don't think about that though yeah in your it's, head it's a mummy yeah not a person right it's not an actual body. However, I will say, like, I'm glad of places like the Body Museum mm-hmm. where you can, it's it's gross, but it's so fascinating. But you can, like, you can see bodies mm-hmm. there. Like, and I, I like that because it starts to kind of normalize it for you, at least. But then you just leave and then it's. Then it's right back to it's, your yeah. normal. Yeah. So you see kind of where america is western society is in their views on death so let's kind of take a look at how other cultures view death now 
personally for me, because we're all so taboo about it here, I've always kind of had a fascination with how other cultures view or handled their dead. Mm-hmm. Because it's strange. It's a morbid fascination. It's it's different. Uh, but one of my favorites that always sticks out to me is the sky burial ritual in Tibet. That one's super cool. Right? <laughs> Now, it's a common ritual among Buddhists who believe that they're sending their loved one's souls back towards heaven, up to heaven. Uh, the bodies of the dead are left outside. Sometimes they're cut into pieces, like they're literally handling the body. And they and they leave it out for birds and other animals to eat on, mm-hmm. which in turn goes back to the sky, technically. Giving it back to nature, essentially. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. Now, this is smart, to me, anyway, because not only does it eliminate the body and allows it to naturally decompose, it also embraces the circle of life and giving back to the earth and its animals. Right. I, I mean, mean, I would be totally okay with being like wolf food. Yeah. That's fine. I love animals. Feed I, me to all the animals. I'm cool, I'm cool with it. I'm not going to feel it. I mean, you might yeah. as well. And you can actually view pictures of this on online and it's... It's just really fascinating how others view death as just, you know, just another part of life. Like, it just you're here, you're not, uh, and it allows the body to do what it's supposed to do. You mean instead of pumping it full of chemicals and putting it in the ground forever? So forever and ever and ever and ever, yeah. So it never decomposes all the way? <laughs> yeah, like we no, do? Like we do. That's another thing. Like, why do we do that? Why do we do that? You're never going to look at them again. Uh, I, I don't... I mean, if you're looking at it at the point of view of like a body needs to be exhumed later for crimes, then crime. just embalm the the bodies that were involved in some suspicious Maybe. activity. I don't, I don't know. But that's another that's another view we have. Like there are people who are terrified of being cremated. There are people who are terrified of being put in a casket. It's not going to matter when you're dead. So like, mm-hmm. and people have such a big attachment to where they're buried. Yeah. Or what happens to their bodies after. Uh, I've heard people say, I don't want to be buried underground. Uh, well, I can't uh, bury you in the air, honey. I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> we got mausoleums, but like. Yeah, I mean, mausoleums I mean, are a thing. You could be above ground in a mausoleum, but. But you're still. Like in a tomb. You're yeah, in a literal tomb. You're in a literal tomb. I don't know. Like, it's such a weird, we have such a weird view of death. I I have never put this much thought into how we handle death as a society right? until right now. <laughs> Another burial ritual that I actually found on the Britannica website is called, I'm sorry, Fama Diana? Fama Diana? I mean, um, Hana maybe? It's, um, sorry, everyone. Sorry. Uh, in this tradition uh, from Madagascar, the Malagasy people reopen tombs of their dead every so often to like rewrap the bodies. Uh, they give them fresh burial clothes. However, they also dance with the body near the tomb while music plays. And it's something that they call the turning of the bones, which sounds super cool, by the way. Yeah. But it, it's a way to speed up the decomposition process. And they believe it pushes the spirit of the dead toward the afterlife. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, considering what we learned last time in part one about death, though, I'm just picturing, like, at what I point know. are they doing this? It says, ev- I believe it said every year or two. Oh, okay. So it's not like the first few months. No, 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 no. Like, it's not like. During the bloating or yeah. anything like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was way better than what I was going to say. I'm like, you know, gooey Aunt Susan. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's strange to us, but it kind of also sounds a little, sounds a little beautiful. It does. I don't know. I've. I really like that one, yeah. actually. And I really like that name, let's be honest. One that I'm sure that 
has been heard of and has possibly been popularized by TV and movies is the water burial from Nordic countries. Some just simply lay coffins at cliffs face toward the water. However, some set their bodies onto death ships uh, where it will drift along the river or the ocean. Those are the ones you typically see on TV where they, I think it was Game of Thrones, they shoot an arrow, burn an arrow into it and it burns in the, yeah. in the river or whatever. Uh, but this is a representation of giving the bodies back to the gods or places most valued by the people of the area. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's just the idea of giving the giving the body back to where it came from. And that one's pretty cool, too. Like, yeah. Being set on fire while you're floating down the river in this big boat. Like, that's a pretty cool way yeah, to go out. It is. It's kind of fitting for Vikings, too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was done by Vikings. I mean, that's what TV tells me. But yeah, I mean, HBO said that it. <laughs> Ross, it, so. <laughs> but I don't know. It seems like a really cool way to do it. Now, I know that I mentioned earlier parades in honor of the dead. Again, most commonly known in the U.S. around the New Orleans area. But the Varanasi people in India also hold parades for their dead. However, they parade their dead like through the streets, like their body, not a coffin. So they're just like, here is Uncle Bernie. (laughs) Yeah. And they could be wrapped up. I mean, it's, but, you know, it's still like they're not in a coffin. You're seeing the body like going down the road. And they're dressed in colors that they believe would highlight the virtues of the disease, such as they use red for purity, uh, yellow for knowledge, so on. Now, from there, the bodies are sprinkled with water from the Ganges River. And this is based on the belief that it'll encourage souls to reach salvation and in the cycle of reincarnation. Like it's just kind of finalizing everything and they can move on to the afterlife. Okay. Then uh, their bodies will be cremated in the town's local cremation grounds. Okay. So it kind of just finalizes it. I kind of like the idea of knowing that after I die, people would be like giving me a parade through the street. Right. Like, or, at least, hey, put me in some pretty clothes. It's like, yeah, I, dress me up nice. Yeah. Show everybody. I also like the idea of the people that I know and love are also taking care of me even when I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Like the thought of them still being there kind of gives a little bit of comfort. Yeah. So that's nice. Rather than some funeral director. Yeah. Like, plopping makeup on me. Yeah. Putting <laughs> crazy Which I makeup on you. Yeah. Another ritual that I'm totally in love with is called the Tower of Silence. Again, super cool name. This is a Zoroastrian tradition that a dead body defiles everything it touches. Something, again, that, you know, we kind of believe. Yeah. I mean, Um, there's there's whole teams dedicated to just cleaning up dead bodies and stuff here. Well, I mean, if if you're from the South, like, even the Bible says, you know, not to touch a dead body. Mm -hmm. It's unclean, you know, and... We don't touch dead bodies. Not really. It's so, very rare to see someone like reach in a coffin and just pat their hand yeah. or something. You know, I was gonna say now I've seen people like kiss them or something, but like it's very quick and then like you move on. Yeah, you know what I mean. But they also believe you know like it defiles everything not to touch it. Uh, it that includes like the ground and the fire that it goes into. Uh, this means that their only option is to raise the body up for vultures to devour the bodies. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, the bodies are cleaned in bull's urine. Okay. Yep. And they will also use tools to cut off the clothing from the body so that they don't touch it, I assume. And these tools will also be destroyed. Wow. With the body. Like, they're not playing. Now, the body will then be placed 
on this Tower of Silence, away from anything that's alive, and left for vultures to come and pick at the body until it's all gone. I'm also uh, okay with that one. Yeah. I mean, just leave me up there on my own. The birds can eat me. Yeah. Cool with it. My question is, like, what do they do with the bones? Is that still considered uh, something you can't do? Like, it has to be moved at some point, I would assume. I don't know. Huh. Hmm. We'll look more into that. Now, there were a ton of traditions from Asia. Uh, I picked a few that I liked because there were so many. Like, I could have probably made another episode just for Asian traditions. (laughs) But one of the beautiful ones that I read was actually the South Korean tradition of turning the ashes of the deceased into beads. Now, I have seen this one. Yeah, and there's seen this really one really pretty, too. It's really neat. I yeah. really love this one. I like that one, too. They they are just, I mean, the bodies are cremated, uh, and then they're turned into just many different colored beads, and they're used as decoration in the home. I did see one, like, mostly they're used for decoration in the home. Like, mm-hmm. here's Aunt May. But, like... <laughs> yeah. But I've seen them where they're turned into jewelry, too. Rings and necklaces. Yeah, and I've seen the bracelets. And yeah. Stuff. Uh, the Philippines have several different traditions that involve their dead, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I'm sorry. The Tingyon people sit their dead in a chair, wearing their best clothes and placing a lit cigarette in their lips. Oh, <laughs> just send me out with a bang. Rot. The B- the Bingwe people blindfold their dead and also place them in chairs at the entrance of the homes. Oh, so you just walk in and there's Grandpa, but there's a blindfold on, so you know he's dead. Right. The I'm sorry, guys. The Sabuano people traditionally dress their children who are attending the funeral in red to reduce their chances of seeing ghosts. Oh. Yeah. The Kavat people often entomb their dead standing up vertically in a hollowed out tree that was chosen by the person before their death. Oh, my God. I love that one. Right? That one's so cool. I always told Ronnie, like I told my husband, that I want to be turned into a tree. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's totally a thing you can do, but it's yeah, probably very, very expensive. It probably is. Turn me into a diamond. There's also a, a ton of traditions depending on um, African tribes. And again, oh God, I'm so sorry for being white and Southern. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Ga Adongbe people of Ghana build elaborate coffins that represent interests of the deceased and typically cost about one year's salary. Wow. Like they go all out. I've seen some that look like cars, see some that look like like their favorite hobbies. In Kenya, Sudan, the people celebrate their dead by dressing like them and dancing. It's a tradition they call Dodi? Dota? I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. That is kind of cool. Like <laughs> Everyone dress like me. What do I dress like? Good luck, everybody. <laughs> Leggings and a t-shirt. <laughs> Blue jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the Yoruba people of Nigeria will consult with spirits to find out the cause of death of the deceased. They also have requirements for, quote, a good death and a bad death. Okay. Yeah. In order for a death to be considered good, the person must be at least 70 years old. Dying young is considered immoral. What? Because uh, you have a choice? choice? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it has to do with maybe it has to do with the maturity of the spirit. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Those who are considered to have died a bad death are not buried, but are thrown into an evil forest to be eaten by wildlife. That's funny that, like, in this culture, being eaten by wildlife is, right. like, you didn't die well, like, we're just going to dump you. Well, in, where in other cultures, that's, like, the way they honor them is exactly. by allowing them to be eaten by wildlife. That's really neat. Yeah. Now, if someone dies young but has lived a morally sound life, or those who have died without having any children of their own, 
they are granted burial, but are not allowed festivity. Like, they don't have okay. funeral celebrations. Uh, they also believe that children cannot die, but have been killed by an abomination or by witchcraft. Well, that one's a bit of a stretch, but, you know. You know. I kind of see the idea, though. I mean, children are They pure, shouldn't die. Like, children right. are too young. They shouldn't be dying. Right. So I kind of see the line of thinking there. Yeah. Now, in Japan, children are taught at a very young age about death. I mean, it's just where it's considered taboo here. It's it's just something that happens. But they also have been taught to respect their elders as they move on through their cycles. So I think maybe that's where the idea of death is not such a big deal because you're going through different cycles in life. Mm-hmm. Now, these cycles are phases that an individual must go through before they can be considered, quote, reborn. The phases are measured at 10-year increments, and at 60 years old is when the two zodiacs of the person's birth year along, and is known as Conreki. Now, it's very important that the family makes sure to celebrate these phases so that the elder can earn their status of rebirth, and this will qualify them for reincarnation. After a person dies, it's a pretty detailed process. After they pass, they are cremated at a very low temperature so that the bones are preserved and then they're placed in an ornamental grave that was purchased for them by their parents when they were born wow yeah so like your parents actually go ahead and buy your your uh your grave wow it's like a birth gift i don't know it's kind of cool though like so do you get i guess you don't get buried with your spouse or uh, anything like we do here i guess you how wouldn't. would you be yeah i guess you wouldn't you would probably be buried with your family but then, like, like, your parents wouldn't be buried together Oh, either. wow. You're right. Okay, now we're just so going we're, back. And yeah, okay. We're getting too deep. We got to stop. We don't know the answers. Having an existential crisis. <laughs> Family members will then visit the gravesite for the first 15 days, so about two weeks, after their passing. And then after that, they'll continue to drop visit days until they're just visiting on the anniversary of the deceased death. It's also customary for people who know the deceased's loved ones that are living. Their friends and family. Right. And- and offer their condolences every year on the anniversary of that person's death. Which we kind of do that here. I mean, we we have people close to you who will check in. Yeah. Like, hey, how are you doing? Just I know it's a hard time of year. You right. know, stuff like the first year of someone's death is usually pretty big around here. If you know the person mm-hmm. and you do, you go and check on them. After that, it kind of starts to taper off pretty quickly. But it's the idea of, oh, they should be over by now. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, the people who are closest to you will know that, like, this is a pretty big day for you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll check in on you. But, like, everybody else just kind of forgets it. Yep. Now, in, in India, the family typically takes over the burial of the deceased. When the person dies, they're placed on the floor of their home. They're sprinkled with holy water and a sprig of basil is placed in their mouth. Okay. I'm wondering if that has to do with decomposition. Maybe the gases coming maybe. out. I don't know. Maybe maybe it gets rid of smell or something. I don't know. I don't All know. right. Look, in a lot of cultures, basil, like other herbs, are, are medicinal, but also... Uh, they have more meaning. They have that. more meaning. So yeah. it could be that, too. Now, women actually handle the bodies of women, and men only handle the bodies of the men. Oh, so they so, don't right, cross. Gotcha. Right. They will wash the body. They'll wrap it in a white cloth, silk if it's available, and dress the body with fine jewels. It's then carried by loved ones to be cremated, as they believe that cremation is the only way a spirit can be truly freed. Uh, and as they carry the body, family members will chant holy songs the entire way there. 
Which again sounds kind of beautiful. I know that's what you I know. was thinking. I bet that's just really beautiful. To yeah, watch. and all of this has to be done within twenty four hours because their belief is the body should be cremated before twenty four hours, and that could have to do with decomposition as well. But I'm sure it has their own. They have their own beliefs about it as well, right? And God, you guys, I'm telling you, there were so many more that I wanted to include. Uh, I really liked how many different ways there were to honor, celebrate, mourn deaths of loved ones. And if I failed to include one and you know about it, or if you know more about the ones I mentioned, please yeah, tell let us. us no. Yeah, I mean, that stuff's super fascinating to me. You know, just hop on our Discord or email us or, you know, get a hold of us. We'd love to hear it. Like us on Facebook at True Crimes and Weird Times Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at True Crimes Weird Times. Email us your stories at truecrimesweirdtimes at gmail.com. Can't wait for the next episode? Check out our Patreon for bonus episodes and more. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review.